Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world, and welcome to another ISSA Trainers Talking Truths episode. And today is a special day. First of all, co-hosting with me today, and this is Dan, by the way, is John Bauer. Another one of our content developers extraordinaire. John, how are you doing today? I am great. And some might say that today is the most special day uh, on the podcast because we got a very special guest. And I'm feeling like one of you guys right now because this is my second podcast I'm recording this week. I feel like I'm a podcaster now. Oh, well, then, yes. Let's, folks, let's get John the official podcaster hat. I think he definitely <laughs> deserves it. Uh, and I see you're not wearing one today. You normally are. So we need to have a podcaster hat for John. And yes, it is a special day. Very special. Why is it special? Because our guest is Jenny Scott, aka Jenny Libel, recently married. And it's Liebel, I was informed. So Libel is how it's spelled. Liebel is how it's pronounced. But we now have Jenny Liebel on the team, and she is going to be our guest today. And so I don't know how many of you, you know, really know the background with Jenny, but John and I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with her recently, and we learned a lot of really cool things about her beyond what we already knew, and just what an amazing human being she is. So it only made sense that we take the time and interview Jenny ourselves. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, guys. This feels so weird sitting on the other side of the desk, per se. <laughs> so this will be fun. This will be fun. Interesting. I, and I'm excited to share my story with you guys. And you're wearing tie-dye. Aren't we doing a tie-dye challenge next week here at ISSA? Yeah, Spirit Week. We do have a tie-dye day. But I wear this, Dan. You guys can't see it. But this shirt is like black and white and peach and teal. But I also have a pair of Nike MA2s that are the same color. So... It's all matchy, matchy. Oh, I can't see it in the background, but it all matches. So oh, I look fly today. <laughs> that's important. That's important. Well, folks, I don't know if you, you know, how, again, how much you know about Jenny's background, but it's amazing. You know, she she's going to share a lot of that with us, but, you know, started from her own weight loss journey. She's been a, a high level volleyball coach, player, strength and conditioning coach. Of course, she does amazing work here at ISSA. And so, you know, you'll, you've heard bits and pieces, but what I'd love, Jenny is if you can tell us kind of from the beginning, how did you get into fitness yourself? Absolutely. So I love this question. Um, and hopefully when I speak to people, whether it's in boot camps or here on the podcast, when I'm usually hosting, hopefully my passion comes across. Um, I didn't always have a passion for fitness. I've always like enjoyed working out in sports and such. I like watching sports. I like playing sports, but after a long career in high school and like through college, I did not play college sports, by the way. But after a long time, I just kind of settled into adulthood, I guess you would say. And I was tired of being, I felt like I was out of shape. And I was a yo-yo dieter, constantly trying to find that next thing that'll help me get where I want to be. But I never found anything consistently. So I actually remember I was like 23 years old. I walked into a gym um, the day before Christmas, so the 24th of December, 2008. I walked into the gym and I put down my little credit card. And I said, 
I would like to purchase sessions with a trainer, please put 3000 bucks on my credit card. Best money I ever spent. Um, cause it took about six months. I lost 60 pounds, mostly body fat. Cause we did the assessments with my trainer and it was just working out three days a week with my trainer. And he was helping me consistently nail down my diet. I owned a business at the time. That's back when I had a dog daycare and I was in higher education. Um, and so I wasn't doing anything crazy or extraordinary, but I did it. And people in that gym saw me go through that transition and they started asking me, what did you do? I've seen how you've changed. This is so awesome. Can I start working with you? And that's where I was like, I can help other people do this too. Wait, what? And then I just started to really develop my love of fitness. So I got certified shortly after. So in 2009, I've been certified since then and um, started working in the very gym that I lost all my weight in. And kind of the rest is history. I guess we can kind of talk about that as we go. But I did start off in big box gyms and studios like Orange Theory, Planet, or not Planet Fitness, um, UFIT, um, that back when they had custom built personal training in there, um, LA Fitness I've worked for for a while, all while I was working full-time jobs because I didn't know, I wasn't quite confident enough to do it full-time for the most part. Um, ended up working for a different certification company for a while in sales. And then I was just, after three years of that, I was like, you know what? I, I got it. I was antsy. I need to work with people again. And so I left and I went full-time into the gyms and that's when I dove back into lifetime um, and then moved on from there. So it was, it was awesome. A really cool journey. Jenny, quick follow-up question to that. And all three of us have been trainers in gyms and uh, we've likely all of us trained people who became trainers themselves, which mm -hmm. is one of the coolest things ever. Jenny, did you ever reach out to that trainer and let them know, you know, you had this influence on me and this is like, look at me now, you know, has that, that ever come up? Absolutely. So his name is Nate Thompson. Shout out Nate. I think I've given him a shout out before. Um, I'm still friends with him. He still lives in the Phoenix area. He lives up in North Phoenix and I see him periodically, um, but I used to hang out with him all the time, him and his wife. And uh, yeah, he became a really good friend of mine. He became my mentor and John and I talk all the time. We've talked about it, having a mentor to help you show, like show you where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing, make sure that you're doing things correctly, answer your questions. And Nate really became that mentor for me, especially in that first year or so of my career. And then afterwards, I absolutely still reach out to him and ask him questions and pick his brain a little bit. Hey, Jenny. What so I love your story. I've heard it a bunch of times. We left out one of my favorite parts, by the way. So I want to make sure that the, that all the listeners get this part. Your college degree is in oh my college degree. My first bachelor's is in zoology because I was pre vet at Colorado State University, and I love animals to this day. I love animals. If you guys have ever seen my tattoos on my arms, I have a giraffe named Gerald from my mom, an elephant, and a lion. Like I love animals, um, and I have two big dogs, but. Yeah. Zoology with a minor in microbiology. And I did used to work in microbiology labs for like dial soap. And my master's is in human resource management <laughs> of all things. <laughs> it, I don't know that. Yeah. Random. And that's, that's what we're here for, Dan, is to learn more about Jenny. And, and it kind of points right at something that is very common among uh, a lot of people, including a couple of people on this podcast right now, is that you know, finding success in the health club industry and in the fitness industry is not necessarily an A to B sort of thing. In fact, a lot of people have uh, really diverse backgrounds and then they find that they have this passion for, for health and fitness. And maybe they get that part of their life where they, they, they get to the point where they're sick and tired of being sick and tired and they find fitness and then they want to make it a job. So speaking of job, and you kind of mentioned this, it sounds like you, you started working in a, in a big box gym. So tell us and tell the listeners what sort of benefits that you got from starting your career in a big box gym? 
Oh, absolutely. So I'm super glad that I started in the bigger gyms because it's an established setting, right? There's a, already a client base there. So it's not like I had to go out and like pound the pavement and knock on people's doors. Cause I, that is not me. I, I think John and Dan, you guys know me by now. I don't mind walking up to people and introducing myself, but if I have to walk up and be like, hi, I'm Jenny, I'm a trainer. You want to train with me? That's a lot. And I think most of us struggle with that. So it's a, it's already a pool of clients that were there. A lot of them had seen me go through my journey. So it was kind of an instant interest that they had in me already. Um, and you get to learn from experienced trainers and people who have been where you were, um, who can give you tips and tricks and things to avoid things to make sure you're doing. And there's systems in place, right? Whether it's programming, whether it's the assessments that they do, and I didn't have to go buy the calipers or the measuring tapes or the scale, right? It's already there. So there's systems in place. As far as that goes, there's systems in place for like the helping clients with their nutrition or scheduling sessions or the way that you program that I could really learn from and say, Hey, I love this about this system, but if it was mine, I would change this. And that's what I took with me throughout my career. I love it. And for the listeners out there, I think you're going to, you're going to find that's pretty universal answer from from most from most of us in the industry that it's a really good place to cut your teeth and it's a really good place to learn things the hard way so question for you jenny in retrospect looking back what is something that you did that you realize now was a big mistake ooh good question i think the biggest thing that comes to mind right away for me is trying to generalize my client base the first gym that I worked in, it had general population. There were some athletes, there were some high schoolers, right? There were some people that were like serious lifters or serious competitors in one sport or another. And I was like, oh, I want to work with everybody. And then so every certification I got, I was like, how can I apply this to everybody? But I never got anything super specific until a couple of years into my career. I said, no, I really want to work with, for me, it ended up being sports performance. And that's what I really dove into. And I love corrective exercise as well. So those are the two things that I really started to focus on. So after that, a large majority of my specializations and my education went into sports and sports performance. And then I got really, really good at it to the point where now I work with college sports teams and high school sports teams and club sports teams as a sports performance coach and as a coach. So I, I think generalizing was, I wouldn't necessarily call it mistake, but we can't help everybody. And we kind of want to hone in and be a master of something in this industry. Um, and I think that's a really good thing for a lot of people to take away, like figure out what you want to do and then focus on that population. I love it. I love it. And, you know, for the listeners out there, there's the three of us, Sean, Jenny, myself, and we have Madison in the background. And our objective is to impart knowledge, share experiences, share best practices. And that often includes sharing mistakes that we learned so you don't have to make them again. So on that note, I'm actually going to flip it over to John. John. In retrospect, biggest mistake you made as a, as a new trainer? Good curveball there, Dan. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm ready for it. I went in thinking that I knew what everyone needed without properly figuring out from them what they needed. Meaning I didn't, you know, the, there's that saying, if you're not assessing, then you're guessing. Mm -hmm. And I think I was doing a lot of that. I was just guessing. I was giving them a lot of what I learned in college because I was an athlete. So we were training like athletes. We know now not everyone needs to train like their track and field athlete. So uh, that was a big mistake for me. And uh, what I found out was that some people did not like the experience that they had with me. Um, I didn't, they thought I was a nice guy and all, but they didn't like the training. And, and I learned a lot from that. that. That told me that I had to do a better job of actually personalizing the programs and actually personalizing the experience 
as opposed to me thinking that I know better for all of these people that were choosing to work with me. Excellent. I love it. Uh, quick one on my end, for sure, my biggest mistake, similar to yours, Sean, uh, I'll just phrase it differently in the way that, that I did it is I didn't listen to people. I asked questions, but my brain was spinning on. I was already writing workouts in my head because I thought I had them all figured out. I didn't actually listen to them. So, all right, listeners, a couple of uh, fails. And again, that's <laughs> how we learn. Let's jump back into Jenny. Jenny, tell us about volleyball. How, how did you start coaching volleyball? Yes. So we get asked all the time, people that are like, I want to get into, you know, coaching kids or working with sports or whatnot. Um, When I started coaching volleyball was about 10 years ago. Now I literally found three schools, three high schools in my area. And guess what? They all have websites through the district. They all have their own individual websites and they all have athletic department links on their website. So I found the email address for the head volleyball coach for each of these three schools BCC'd them all on the same email and introduced myself. Hi, I'm Jenny Scott. I went to Colorado State University. This is where I studied. Like I've played volleyball since I was in high school. This is where I played. Here's my experience. I really want to start coaching. I would love to coach for you. Do you have any open positions? Send. About three days later, I got an email back from one of those three schools. He said, hey, we're actually looking for a freshman head coach. We would love to have you interview and come in. And turns out this guy that emailed me back, his name is Carlos Flies. He's still a coach at Mesquite High School in Chandler, Arizona. Um, Shout out Carlos. Um, Gave me my first coaching job at Mesquite. But he also was the co-owner of one of the biggest volleyball clubs in Arizona. And he said, hey, we're actually looking for coaches over here. So I started coaching summer league and then slowly worked my way into coaching anything from uh, 12s, actually all the way up to 17, 18s now for the last 10 years because I sent one email. And it made the connection. Um, I absolutely love coaching sports. It's something that um, we have to be certified through USA Volleyball. It's a very regulated sport, which is awesome. So I have a lot of education through USA Volleyball, a lot of experience. And then we're constantly doing coaches education every year. Same thing with the current Catholic school that I coach with, um, Xavier College Prep. Shout out to the Gators. Um, there's a lot with the diocese that you have to do, um, the diocese that you have to do as far as education every year. Um, so we're constantly learning and, and growing our skill set in volleyball. But yeah, all it took was one email and asked. I asked. No asky, no giddy, right? A famous, famous Jennyism that uh, <laughs> uh, that happens in boot camp. No asky, no giddy. So I've learned. I've definitely learned that one. Welcome back to another ISSA rapid review. Dale McCabe had this to say about our ISSA Strength and Conditioning Certification. I was very happy to be able to use the online format. It made things easier for me to skip around and locate specific things I was looking for. Loved it. Thanks, Dale. Hey, uh, Jenny, so coaching can be pretty rewarding, and I don't really mean in the bank account necessarily. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Definitely I mean, not. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, rewarding in terms of the experience that you can have and uh, trying to coach and, and and getting some success out of each of the individuals and then the team in, in this uh, in this case. Uh, but one way you can actually make it a little bit more rewarding is when you get to parlay that into some sort of training as well. Because not every coach uh, is a trainer, but you happen to be a coach that is a trainer. So what was it like for you to kind of parlay this into starting a sports performance company where you're working with young athletes? Absolutely. So I just made it known that I had this experience uh, as a trainer and that I have these certifications like, hey, I'm, you know, performance enhancement certified and I work with athletes and I just made it known. I had to tell them that I do it because they're not going to look into you, generally speaking. And yeah, you can put it on your resume, but 
be real, who actually reads people's resumes, right? They glance at it and then give you a call if they like it. So I made sure that the, the athletic departments that I worked with knew that I did that. And then I just said, how can I help? What can I do? And I tried to get to the highest level athletes at these schools that I was at as possible, which meant varsity, right? I want to work with the varsity athletes. Let me prove that I can do what I can do with them. And then you'll let me do it with everybody. And that's usually what happened. And then as far as coaching, I switched clubs. And uh, actually before I switched club, the first club that Carlos owned um, called Aspire out in Tempe, they were looking for somebody to run their sports performance program. And I said, hi, raised my hand real high. And I said, I'll do it. That was incredibly lucrative, by the way. And that was four nights a week for about three hours a night. I was training kids and I made a decent, like, let's be real. I made a good amount of money doing that. And it was super fun. I connected with all these kids, but they knew that not only was I a coach as a trainer and they trusted me, um, these kids. And so I was there for four years. I still get messages from kids that I trained there. And then when I switched clubs, I figured out, I said, hi, I can do this. And they ended up having two locations and one of the locations needed a sports professional. So I, I kind of weaseled my way in there and I'm on now on my third season with that club. Again, it's pretty darn lucrative, um, especially now because I get to charge whatever I want to charge within reason, right? We have to make it affordable for the kids. Um, and we get to have a good time. And I've spent a lot of time collecting equipment. And I think I I know I've posted about it and talked about it um, in boot camp and on our Facebook page. I've actually given a tour, John. I don't know if you know this on uh, our Facebook page. If you look in Look a little deeper. I give a tour of my garage, which is filled with about $8,000 worth of equipment that I've acquired over the last 10 years doing my sports performance training because I carry my equipment to the athletes, which is what differentiates me. So I absolutely love it. It's super fun. Can't wait to get back into it in a couple of weeks here. Wow. No asking, no getting. So put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to raise your hand up high. I love it. Now, and Knowing you, Jenny, and and hearing about your day because we all you know have spent a lot of time together either virtually or remotely. I don't know how she does it, folks. <laughs> I mean, what time do you get up in the morning? Four in the morning because I have to walk my dogs. I have two very large oh dogs that need to walk. <laughs> Four in and the then morning. I'm at the gym by five. Working out at five, getting your own mm-hmm. sweat on before you go out and help others, and then of course a full time job here at ISSA, which we'll jump into in a few minutes, but. It's time for another curveball. All right. So we, <laughs> again, had the opportunity to spend some really cool time together. There might have been some adult beverages involved, and we got to learn a little bit about each other uh, at a dinner table. And so I'm going to ask you, Jenny, biggest pet peeve. It can be mm-hmm. relational. It can be training. What's your pet peeve? I like the relational ones personally. Like in fitness? Uh, let's go. Well, you know what? Let's go. Let's go light. Let's go. Let's go. What drives you up the wall? Oh, so I think people who have heard me speak before know this. First of all, let me clarify. I did not have adult beverages at this conference. That we're I didn't at. either. Yes, but I had Diet Coke there. and water. Okay. So <laughs> John did. <laughs> but I just put it out there um, making better bad choices. Um, but I think in general, guys, my pet peeve, I'm all about perspective. And I think people who have hear, heard me speak before, they've heard me say that. It's about perspective, Right. Um, things don't happen to us. They happen for us is the way I look at things. Um, and it's about how we deal with things. But for me, complaining is the biggest thing that drives me up the wall for anybody. Even my husband, I say, you can complain about it once and I'll listen. I'll be like, Oh, pobrecito. I'm so sorry. You okay. (laughs) Right. Second time I'll be like, okay, okay. This is still going on. Okay. The third time and beyond, I'm going to say, what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing about it? Because everything in life is a choice right? We always have a choice. Even if somebody has a gun to your head, you have a choice. What happens after you make that choice is a different story, but we always have a choice. So when people stay in situations or are doing things like, for example, you're in a dead end job and you want to do something else, what's stopping you? 
find somebody that can help you get there or ask questions or send your resume, right? What are you doing to get there? Um, Because after you complain once or twice, now you're not looking for help. You're looking for attention. And I tell, especially my college athletes that all the time, after you complain twice, you're no longer looking for help. You're looking for attention. Wow. So this is lessons for parenting folks, because uh, I'm the only <laughs> one on the call here with a whole uh, zoo full of kids. And uh, that's lessons in parenting for sure. John, quickly, biggest pet peeve. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back to kind of personal trainers. I, I have a couple of gyms that I work out at. And um, I got to say, unprofessional personal trainers has always bothered me, but I feel like you know, I'm turning into an old guy now. And it's bothering me even more, the more and more I see it or the more I, you know, sometimes I get sneaky and I get close to them and I hear some of the conversations and you know, some of the things that they're, they're saying and they're talking about, it's, it's just not great. So unprofessional personal trainers, it's not going to take you far in this industry that, that should go without saying, but we, we have this job where things can get so personal and we have these relationships with our clients that it becomes buddy, buddy. We got to know where to draw the line and say the professionals so that we can actually get the job done as opposed to just hanging out all day, which is what it looks like some of these trainers are doing, just hanging out all day. I love here, it. Here. All right. So being a professional and, and, and Jenny complaining, basically, without acting, doing something about it. Uh, mine's uh, not putting stuff back drives me up the wall or moving my stuff. Back your way. So I, yeah, I just got back from a trip. I uh, was out of state for a few days. I had to look all over for my vitamin container. I had to look all over for the TV tray that I put my stuff on at night. I'd look all over for my uh, other supplements that I take. Uh, if anybody drives my car, I know it because things aren't <laughs> put back exactly the way they're supposed to be. So yeah, that be there. The, I, my mom always said there's a place for everything and everything in its place. So John, why don't you take us back into, uh, you know, interviewing Jenny and learning a little bit more about her. Sure, sure. And Jenny, just for the record, I thought your pet peeve was going to be anything outdoors because you don't like to go outside. That's just a dislike, a general dislike. (laughs) I don't enjoy bugs. Before we started recording, I told you guys there's a, a spider over here that I saw earlier on the wall. And as long as he stays over there in the corner, he's safe. But I will kill him if he comes anywhere near me. All right. So before... You became Jenny, the famous bodybuilder, the famous sports performance coach, the the speaker at international conferences. Before you became all that, you were working at these gyms, built your way up, and then you became an employee and a content developer at ISSA. So how did you end up with us here at ISSA? So I love this question too. So funny story, I actually knew somebody who worked for ISSA and they were asking me to like read their blog, right? They were writing blogs for us. And they said, can you read this blog and just make sure it reads properly? And I was like, ooh, how do I get into blog writing? I would love to write blogs. Like I have some spare time and oh, they pay a decent amount of money. Okay, I'll do it. And then I reached out to the person who managed the blog who still does. And they were like, yeah, we're always looking for experienced people who are in the industry to write our blogs. So I started writing blogs. Next thing I know, I start getting emails. Hey, would you like to edit some chapters for some of the courses that we're building? Oh, heck yeah. Cool. I'll do that. I had no idea what that entailed, by the way. And they just send me chapters and I would edit or add things to them or write content. And I love researching. So I'd have to research and get you know resources and cite everything, stuff like that. And then uh, I asked after about a year of doing that, I said, hey, I sent an email to the manager of product or the VP of product at the time, Aaron Mahoney, shout out Aaron. And I said, are you guys looking for somebody full time? I actually really enjoy writing. I would love to do it for ISSA. And she wrote back. She said, we'll make it happen. 
and took about two or three months to get everything squared away. And that was about three and a half years ago. And I've been working here ever since. And I absolutely love it. Wow. Yeah. You, you know, and, and knowing you and having seen your work, um, I, I didn't know that. I would have thought you just, you know, came right into it. You went to school for it. I mean, you're so highly organized. You're so fast. Uh, folks, we'll, we'll ask for something. And before a call is done, she's already done it. <laughs> I know, I'm like, you know, here. Like, so call me, call me gender. I, I don't know what the word is, but all I can say is women can multitask much better than men. Uh, that, that is a freaking fact. Uh, just watch your mother sometime. So uh, curveball, before we uh, kind of wrap things up, Jenny, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? So, you know, we're all about sharing with our listeners strategies for growth. And you pointed out some really good ones. If you're not happy where you are, do something about it. Mm-hmm. You clearly are a person that's going to make the moves in the direction to get to where you want to be. Where do you want to be in five or 10 years, five and 10 years? So I definitely have thought about this because if we do, if we don't think about it, you can't plan for it, right? So I definitely see myself continuing to work with ISSA because I love everything that I'm doing here. I love teaching our students. I love interacting with our students. Um, I love running this podcast and hosting this podcast with you, Dan. Um, I enjoy working with the educational side and teaching. And I didn't realize that until three or four years ago. And so I definitely see myself still with ISSA, hopefully moving on up the chain um, to have a little bit more responsibility. And if I'm being honest, I absolutely love working with my private clients, my athletes, coaching, but I'm 39 years old. I'm not saying that that's old. I'm the oldest I've ever been at this very moment though. But (laughs) at some point, my husband always asks me, how long are you going to train people? And I don't know. In five years, I could see myself still doing it. In 10, I don't know. But I've already thought about succession planning, especially for my sports performance business, because I already have clients built in, a basketball club, a volleyball club, and a college program that I work with. I don't want to leave them hanging, but I'm already starting to pick out people to come assist me during my seasons and such. People that I know will be good with it, that when that day comes that I want to walk away from it, I have good people that I can put it in their hands. And I'd be willing to just give it to them, not even sell it, just give it to them and just say, take good care of these these kids because they mean a lot to me. So I think at some point, 10 years down the road, for sure, I don't know if I'll be training anymore. Um, But on a personal note, I am going out for a pro team. John, tryouts start next weekend. I'm super excited. I found out. Um, It's a, a, a VLA, Volleyball League of America. It's one of the professional leagues here in the US. And they are starting a women's side in Phoenix for the Phoenix Valor. And I can still ball, y'all. I can still get it in. So I'm going to go out as a front row player or as a middle. They're kind of flexible. And we'll see how that goes. So I should know in a couple of weeks here if I get selected for that team. Super excited. And it's an opportunity to play professional sports. So super excited about that. That That is very exciting. And I, I played on a semi-pro soccer team for one year. And now for the rest of my life, I can say that. So at right? the very least, the very least <laughs> I've always wanted that. to be a pro athlete. <laughs> <laughs> And the fastest uh, Filipino. Yeah, no, that's not. That is, yep. That's uh, that's unconfirmed. I definitely did oh. play on that soccer team, <laughs> but the fastest Filipino part, unconfirmed. It was just uh, something that uh, you know I, I kind of thought. So, so Jenny, since you you are uh, experienced and and have had some good successes in the health and fitness field and as a personal trainer, what sort of advice would you give for personal trainers who are brand new to this space and brand new in their journey? I would say, take it upon yourself to learn, 
My dad always tells me, take care of you. Nobody's ever going to take care of you the way that you will. So don't wait for other people to give you the tips and tricks. Don't wait for other people to open doors for you. You better get up there and kick that door down yourself. So whether that's getting education, whether it is asking for something, if there's something you want, a job you want, a pay that you want, right? And I think that would be another mistake that I think a lot of people make. I've made it before taking a job just because it was a job and you make $7 an hour. Don't do that right? If it's, if it doesn't meet your needs for what you need to, what you have in your life, right? If you have bills to pay, make sure that what you're making can pay those bills. If not walk away or ask for more, right? One of the two, but ask. Um, so I definitely think they need, we need to be out there, like just learning and growing and figuring out where you want to be. Don't wait for other people to do that for you. So, so be self-reliant is what I would tell to all these new fitness professionals out there. You can do this. You hundred percent can, but where do you want to be? You have to figure that out for you. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah, definitely have some life lessons here, some career lessons here. Uh, how can our audience find you, follow you, learn more about you, connect with you, and so forth? Yeah. So you can search Jenny Scott. If you Google Jenny Scott, by the way, there's a lawyer named Jenny Scott. That is not me, though that is pretty cool. Um, so everything is still under my maiden name, Jenny Scott. I'm working on the legal name change to Liebel. Um, but on Instagram, it is Jenny Scott Fit, all one word. Um, it is a private account because I coach at a private Catholic school, just so you know. So if you friend me, it might take me a minute. Um, on Facebook, also, you can search Jenny Scott. Uh, it'll come up. I'm in Phoenix or Scottsdale, Arizona. And then I am on LinkedIn, but I don't go on there very often. But if you search Jenny Scott, that'll come up as well. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on your show. <laughs> on my thank own you. Show. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, John. I don't believe we've ever done a podcast together. You so guys have how cool it. is that? Uh, and and so now you're both my favorite podcast co-hosts, <laughs> right? You can't you gotta have all the kids are your favorite kids. It was truly an honor. It was a pleasure for the listeners out there. I hope you. You enjoyed us kind of going a little bit sideways with this podcast and getting to know a little bit more about one of the leaders here at ISSA, two of the leaders here at ISSA. You learned some stuff about John, including his pet peeve. So thank you for your time. Once again, a reminder, as Jenny always says, go out into the world and do great things. Okay, I'm going to add help people, help people, sure. raise your hand, no asking, no giddy, and above all, make good choices. Nailed it, Dan. <laughs> we'll be talking to you soon. Jenny Scott rules.